Welcome to the first edition of the Midwest Roadshow podcast, streaming at SoundCloud, Podbean, and available for you to stream and subscribe at iTunes as well. I'm Jason, thanks so much for joining me here. And if you hear a little faint rumble in the background of this uh, brief introduction to today's first guest, let me explain. I initially scripted this out and recorded it in a studio. Sounded pretty cheesy and terrible, so uh, I figured it's the Midwest Roadshow after all, so let's just record the introduction in the car, and that's what I'm doing. Taking a quick little fall drive here. The belt is buckled. Mom hands are at 10 and 2. The mic and the podcast equipment, those are uh, riding shotgun next to me here in my car. Plenty of friends have asked what the Midwest Roadshow is. Briefly, it's kind of a way to shine a spotlight on some of the incredible people that I have met in the places that I've lived and worked across the Midwest over the past 10, 15 years or so now. It's also a way for you to learn about cities, neighborhoods, uh, restaurants, bars, hotels, cool shops that are all just a quick drive away from wherever you are right now in the Midwest. There's the podcast here. There is streaming video and content at uh, Vimeo, YouTube, and uh, on Facebook as well. You'll find photo galleries, a television pilot is almost edited, you name it, all the details right now for you at MidwestRoadshow.com. We'll get to our very first guest in about 15 seconds, but quickly, if you're interested in sponsoring or advertising on the Midwest Roadshow, I'd love to have you simply because uh, 100% of any and all proceeds, those all get donated right back to the Children's Hospital Foundation in your own Midwestern community all to help cover the uh, medical costs for kids and the families who simply can't afford it. Now the business of the day out of the way, let's get to our first guest and how I first met Sean Moeller. Long story short, all the way back to when I was in high school in Park Ridge, Illinois at Maine South, I loved the band Toad the Wet Sprocket. I still do. A few years back, while living in the Quad Cities and working at WQAD there, I woke up on a Sunday morning and uh, saw something, I think it was on Twitter or maybe Instagram, from the lead singer of Toad the Wet Sprocket, Glenn Phillips, that they were actually spending their Sunday morning in downtown Rock Island, Illinois, and they were recording with Daytrotter. It's a music studio and website which has hosted thousands of up-and-coming acts and some very well-known artists, including, uh, oh, that's a long list, uh, Counting Crows, Mumford & Sons, a handful of them, you name them. I did the only logical thing, knowing that uh, one of my favorite bands was just across the river from where I was. I hit the lead singer up on Twitter, because that's obviously the logical thing that you do. And uh, I invited the band to come join my buddies and I for, for lunch, for beers, for the Bears game, right after they finished recording, because, yeah, how cool would that be to have your favorite band from when you were a, a kid or a teenager just pop by for lunch to hang out? Sean Moeller, who had founded Day Trotter, saw the tweet, and he actually invited me over to the recording session to sit in with the band. Are you freaking kidding me? That was the coolest thing ever. I drove across the Centennial Bridge, found the studio, and uh, that wasn't easy at the time. There was, there was no sign, and it was just up a stairwell next to a pizza joint. And sure enough, uh, as promised, there they were, Toe the Wet Sprocket recording that quick session, no audience or anything. The way that it worked at the time was that bands would simply pop in to record four songs between tour stops right there in the Quad Cities, the areas just off of I-80. So there were always bands popping through while driving between places like 
Minneapolis, Chicago, St. Louis, anyone heading out west towards Denver, Vegas, the West Coast, you name it. The session was then posted to daytrotter.com. You can still listen to most of those right now. So no surprise, the band was awesome. The day was awesome, as was Sean. He's a fantastic husband and father of four. He's genuinely one of the nicest, most genuine people that you could ever ask to meet. Pretty much personifies so much of the personality of the Quad City area. Creative, a very hard worker. It's really become like a smaller version of an Austin, Texas or Nashville. And a lot of that has to do with Sean and his hard work. Caught up with my old pal in his backyard in Davenport, Iowa just a few days ago. He had just uh, finished mowing the lawn. And uh, maybe that explains all the crickets that you can hear in the background of our conversation. Sean recently broke with Day Trotter to focus on several new projects, and we chatted about those, the Midwest as a whole, and his favorite bands of all time. But we started logically with this first question. Enjoy. So one of the first questions that people ask strangers when they meet is, oh, what do you do? Yeah. If someone met you for the first time, they didn't know you, and they said, oh, Sean, what do you do? What do you tell them? I never know how to answer the question. I think I always, lately, all I've been telling people is I sell tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all I do. That's what I try to do every day is sell tickets. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's more complicated than that, but essentially, I try and put together good times for people to come and uh, get away from their lives. It's an escape. I'm an I'm an escapism. I'm an escape artist. I'm an escape artist of sorts. Because there's there's some magic involved. Right. There's some art involved. Uh, I think I'm an escape artist. Maybe that works. I think that works. When someone says that they are from the Midwest, yeah. What does that mean? I think it usually for me it means that we can get along a little bit. Usually. Why's that? Um, I don't know. There's there's something about it when you go to L.A. or New York or whatever, and you meet somebody that's also from like Iowa or the Midwest. I don't know, man. There's there's certainly. I mean, it's the cheesiest thing ever, but there are core values I think, and and not in like in again not in a cheesy way in a value sense. Like, oh man, we got the same values. But it's like I think there is there's a lot of respect for especially in what I do in my industry. You know, in the music industry, there's a lot of respect for somebody that comes from the Midwest. And has done something in the Midwest, you know. I think um, it's it's a tribute to kind of you know hardworking, you know, just hustling sort of that mindedness of of making stuff happen in a place where people don't expect things to happen. You know, this is I think the Midwest is is constantly overlooked and constantly downplayed as. Um, not not a wasteland, but just kind of a, a vacant sort of place for culture, for for um, you know the 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 pleasures in life, I guess. You know, for like you know having real entertainment value, for having um, genuinely good things. You know, it, it, I think when there's like a nice restaurant or a nice hotel in the Midwest or in a midwestern city, if it's here or elsewhere, people are like oh, that's really nice for here, you know, but it, if you actually put it into a real context, no, it's nice for everywhere. And I think there's, I think there's always the mentality of the underdog. And I think I always kind of associate being a Midwesterner with 
being able to overcome stuff. There are a lot of people here in Illinois, Iowa, when you're going on vacation, I'm going to Florida, I'm going to yeah. California. I don't know if the perception is that people in Florida and California are like, oh, I'm going to Ohio. I'm going to the mighty Mississippi. Yeah, I don't think that happens Which too Which is too often. bad. It is too bad. I mean, I, I think, uh, I like traveling around. I like seeing other places, but I tend to always go see other places and try and find the connections and kind of what what we're doing here, what's happening here, what, what I'm trying to kind of like do with my life's work with, you know, what some of my friends, you know, that are also kind of visionary sort of like, futurist thinking people like builders we're, we're builders we're trying to like create um, a new reality for for what this place is because I think you know there's plenty of midwestern cities um, that that certainly went through huge huge downswings you know I mean you know when you when you're when your livelihood for the most part is based on agriculture I mean it's taken a long time for things to build back up I mean even downtown cities and big cities in the midwest were were negatively affected by just any turns in the market and and you know everything kind of swings that way and you know tons of downtowns just kind of went into ruins and it's it's been really it's been really amazing just seeing kind of there's cities everywhere that are just in Iowa alone I like going around and seeing like what's happening in Iowa I like seeing what's happening in in Illinois and Wisconsin and Minnesota and just seeing kind of what's sprouting up because there's a lot of really energized people um, not necessarily try, trying to bring back glory days, but create like a new glory days. You know, it's, this is, there's a lot of opportunity to create what you want now to, to not necessarily just be stuck with what somebody else handed you. Like, here's the city. This is all we have. It's, you know, I mean, I think even you coming back, you know, as you know, infrequently or as frequently as you come back, I mean, stuff is changing here. And it's getting really exciting. And I think that's kind of happening all over the place. I mean, you can kind of go into any pocket of, of lots of cities and see, wow, who are you people? And this is great that you're doing this. Yeah. Best band currently touring the Midwest from the Midwest. Ooh. Or artist. Gosh. Um, the best one. God, there's a few. Um, you can list them. Feel free. I really like the band Camp Dogs from Chicago. I think they should be well known. Um, and they've been starting to tour a little bit more, um, getting some good good tours. Man, you know, there's there's a lot of really good potential bands. You know, like bands that I think have potential that haven't really got out there and doing it yet. I mean, there's a great there's two great bands from the Quad Cities here. You know, we have th three three really good bands from the Quad Cities that. You know, if they if they had a little bit more discretionary income and could afford to get on the road, they would they should be able to break. Condor and Jaybird, Sister Wife, and uh, Mountain Swallow are, are really fantastic bands, and uh, they get out for little jaunts, but they haven't really done a full swing yet. Um, there's a bunch of people. You know, there's a bunch of people from Nashville's so close now too. Like I kind of consider that a little bit, you know, Midwestern. Um, and I mean, we just had kind of a pipeline of those kinds of people coming up here. There's just such great talent down there, um, more so than there's been in a long time. I know that Codfish Hollow is a real special place to you, mm -hmm. and people who've never been out there before. Describe Codfish Hollow. Uh, I mean, Codfish Hollow is just kind of pure magic, really. Um, it's really a place that shouldn't have existed, that was very... 
luck of the draw, fortuitous. How you know? I mean, I think we we kind of scratch our heads a lot just in how lucky we were to like have found each other to to kind of make this to bring it into existence. Because I don't I don't think they would have ever done it on their own. It would have not even been kind of a consideration to do what we've done out there. And um, uh, it, it really is just kind of one of the the best places you could ever see a show. Um, is it the best place in the Midwest right now to see a live I show? I don't know of another better place. Um, I think it takes, you can look at pictures and video and things like that and you kind of feel like maybe you know what you're seeing, but I don't really, I don't really think you can understand it until you've been out there once. Um, I think it puts it all into perspective and, and focus of how how is this happening here in the middle of nowhere um it's not far from the field of dreams it's really not no um it's it's very similar to a situation like that you know i mean you know when you catch that that clip i just saw it on tv the other day you know when the the brother-in-law is trying to force him into selling the farm and you know the girl you know gets choking on the hot dog and and uh he he wakes up, you know, and sees the players. I mean, it's 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 very similar to that. I mean, like, it's a people will come situation, and I think everyone that's been there has gleefully told twenty people that they need to go there. Um, it's it's kind of become something completely different, something that we could have never prepared for um, or planned. You know, it really kind of happened organically, and and. Um, there's never a bad night out there. You don't even have to care who's playing. <laughs> You've got another new venture now. Tell uh, me about the new, the new joint in town. Yeah, the Raccoon Motel. Um, it's a tiny little place, and uh, I've kind of fashioned it after. The whole vibe was that we're, we wanted to, we told people that we just found it, and it's been locked up since 1973, and we just opened the doors and swept. And uh, we actually did a lot of work to make it that way. Um, but the whole idea is that it was supposed to feel comfortable. It was supposed to feel cozy. And it was supposed to feel like your grandpa's, you know, basement. I think you pulled that off. So far, well. yeah. I mean, so far we've, like, created an environment that every band, literally across the board, has been unanimous, has, has walked in there and just been amazed by. They've been floored. Uh, they feel immediately at home. Um, you know, even bands that are playing much bigger venues now. Um, they come in there and they love it. And uh, it's been really gratifying because I think the one thing that I wanted to do was have a place that um, you kind of didn't want to leave or not even that you didn't want to leave, but you wanted to come back the next day because it felt so comfortable. You know, it's, it's, it is a little bit like coming home and to have that as a venue setting, it's not only great for the artists, but it's great for the people watching them. And, uh, you know, my long-term goal for it is to really create, you know, make that, fashion that into, like, my urban version of Codfish Hollow, where, um, you know, seven nights out of the week, you can, you know that somebody great's playing there from all over the world, and you don't even have to know who they are, because you're going to show up, you're going to see a lot of familiar faces, and uh, you're going to get inspired. I mean, I think it's 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 one of my goals to kind of like try to try to talk people out of their routines you know I think a lot of people um, at least around here get stuck in their routine of get up go to work 
come home, have dinner, watch TV, get up, go to work, come home, watch TV. Get, you know, I mean, it gets very repetitive and, you know, people that use excuses that um, they can't go out on a school night or, or that they're too old for certain things. Um, it rubs me wrong. So I want to try and, you know, at least create an environment that makes you kind of feel like you should get out of your house. Last big question, then we'll do some quick hits. Yeah. You have your urban version of Codfish Hollow. Yeah. You've got Codfish Hollow. Yep. You had nearly a decade with Day Trotter. Yeah. Four. Thousands of bands and performers have all come to the Quad Cities. Sure, it was for a chance to record or perform, mm -hmm. but the more people and bands that I've spoken with, I mean, they really come because of their bond and connection with you. Uh -huh. It's got to feel pretty awesome. It feels good. I mean, I, I don't You're know. You're a laid-back cat, man. Well, I don't know how I, I really don't know how I became a people person. <laughs> I was always like, I was pretty nervous dude. I mean, uh, I never really kind of sought out to, to be like a social dude, but that's kind of how it's worked out. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I just treat everybody the same way. I treat everybody, you know, your friend until you prove me otherwise. And, um, Again, I mean, I look, I think that speaks to kind of a Midwestern sort of mentality. I mean, I think, you know, how many people, um, you could meet them, you could meet them in five minutes and they invite you over for dinner tonight, you know? And I just don't think that that happens really that frequently outside of the Midwest. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm biased, but I think um, you could, I don't know, strangers are, are, uh, it's interesting because I think people come to me, like when they do come in to do something with me, somehow, even though we've never met, I'm not a stranger. And I think that immediately kind of like tears down a lot of barriers to like where, um, you know, people open themselves up and, you know, I'm willing to kind of open up as much as possible too. And, and, and um, you know, I've gotten the greatest joy and, 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 and kind of the most rewarding sort of um, experiences by kind of just being a person like not I'm not this guy that does this or I'm running this or I do this people like me because I don't put on airs and I don't I don't pretend to be something I'm not I'm just a guy that like likes music and I have a pretty good ear and, and um, I have some platforms that I can either put on a really good show for these people which you know is rarer than people think <laughs> Uh, or, you know, we do something more extensive or more, like, lasting or impactful, you know. Um, but uh, it is the best. That's the best, that's the best part of anything that I've done. Um, you know, I think it's, I think about that a lot. And, and it's the people that I've met over the last, you know, 12 years that, uh, you know, both the musicians or kind of, you know, just people I've come into, you know, contact with because of the things I've done. I mean, uh, there's really no replacing that and there's no kind of substitute for kind of what that, what that is, you know? I mean, just try to p treat people right. And you do. It always works. It always works. Quick hits. Mm. First one's gonna be tough. Okay. In all your years, uh -huh. the best performance by anyone that you have ever seen. There's two people that I say I would go see every day of the week every day like not just like oh for one week like literally every day if they p performed every day and i was able to go see them i would go see nathaniel rayliff or i would go see delta spirit every day of the week the thing you know just the the things that they make you feel when they perform just their the, the live stage energy 
um, and just who they are as people. Um, I would go there every day. I think those those are always my answers. Those are like the the quickest. It's where my head goes every time, you know. And I've been lucky enough to like be able to call them friends as well. And I would just those are, those are the two. Favorite just, place to eat slash best thing to eat in the Quad City metropolitan area. I absolutely love the brisket at Big Mouth's Barbecue. I suppose I'd eat that every day if that was like <laughs> Nathaniel Whitliff and brisket every day. Yeah, I mean, if that was allowed <laughs> and I wouldn't just like hate myself <laughs> because it's such a heavy meal, uh, I would do that. But I like that. La Finca has become a really big favorite of mine. I, I'm pretty new to the La Finca game, but man, that Mexican food is good. I mean, that is just so so legit it's not even funny <laughs> and uh, the guacamole is the best my favorite uh, Illinois restaurant on the other side of the river is lemongrass I think uh, if, if I were if I ever downtown have, Moline downtown Moline incredible Thai food I've pointed a lot of bands there who have been skeptical that we would have good Thai food in in this area and they've been blown away so I know I'm on the right path there You've got four incredible kids in well. the fall. Four incredible kids, <laughs> lovely wife, yeah. uh, multiple venues and ventures sure. going on. Yeah. What's next? Well, no more kids, <laughs> no other wives. Sorry, guys, but all done. But more ventures, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we kind of size up kind of the way the Quad Cities is looking and, and what's still kind of needed. I mean, uh, having venues and, and being able to provide that kind of entertainment still requires like being met halfway, but it also can be enhanced by other other things in the Quad Cities. I still think we need tons more restaurants. I think we still need tons more reasons for people to be downtown. Foot traffic is virtually non-existent. I mean, you can walk around, you know, not necessarily, I mean, hell, even on the weekends. I mean, I. You know, when we're walking last night, we were the only ones on that sidewalk. It's not like that's a desert downtown. You know, where's the foot track? Where are people? Where's everybody at? We still have a long ways to go that way as far as like conditioning people to understand that there's a lot of really great stuff to do. So, I mean, I, I guess our head is always sort of in that place. Like, okay, what's next? You know, like we've got these things working, but what could we, what could we also add to the mix that would enhance that to, to kind of perk it up a little bit and obviously you know what Dan's doing with the rest of the corner down there you know we're gonna have a restaurant and in a big beer garden kind of buffering the raccoon motel we're gonna have a, a little little mini city you know within within downtown and I think that's gonna be a huge deal but it's it's nice like seeing what other people are doing and, and, and kind of adding their little touches to it you know I mean there's there's all kinds of things that are just kind of floating in my head. I still want to do a residency program here um, where we bring, where we bring like, you know, both famous and, and maybe almost famous people to town for a week, two weeks, a month, something like that, and work with other people, you know, kind of collect people, have them all work together. I'm going to try kind of the first run at that in January, I think. It's going to be pretty exciting. I'll tell you about it off camera. <laughs> Just a bunch of things. I I don't know. I mean, I don't even know where to start. To be continued. To be continued. I mean, there's lots more time. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you.
Once again, thanks to Sean for his time. I'll link you up to his new bar and music venue, etc. in the write-up to the podcast and over on the Midwest Roadshow's social media channels and at midwestroadshow.com as well. Make sure to follow along there for all the next installments. Till then, we'll see you somewhere down the road. Oh, Sean, one last thing. Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday.